Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2020 documentary, The Social Dilemma, and this will be the second time in a week. Um, so this is unofficially Social Media Week on the podcast here. Uh, is, is a documentary about, as the name implies, the perils and pitfalls, etc., of social media. Joining us today is Sister Nancy Usselman, Director of Pauline Center for Media Studies. Uh, Sister Nancy, thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Brian, for asking me. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Okay, now, I, I want to mention a, a couple of resources up, up front. Uh, I know that there is, uh, there's a couple of crisis text lines out there for those who may need to reach out to someone today. There is a um, crisis text line in the U.S. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T to 85258. Depending upon where you are in the world, um, check your local listings, as they say. Um, Sister Nancy, thank you for uh, being here today. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, now, I had mentioned b before, the, before we um, started the show, I am so happy to have you here today because I have been reaching out, and now that I'm going to be mentioning this on mic, uh, I imagine everybody's going to know this now, but I have been reaching out for the longest time to get a, a more, you know, a better mix of, of voices. And, and specifically, I would love to have more Catholic perspective in the conversations about mental health. Mm -hmm. And I've extended invitations, you know, et cetera, to... I don't know how many people at this point. <laughs> and I, I extended an invitation to you and, and you accepted the invite. So I, I'm th very, very thankful and appreciative that, that you agreed to be here today. So thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, now, I did want to, I, I do have a media arts background myself. So I have some familiarity with the, the Pauline and, and, I, and I, I make be mispronouncing it because I, I I've been pronouncing it Pauline and I know you you said Pauline. Mm -hmm. um, what can you just give, give a brief synopsis for those who might not be familiar? Well, um, I am a member of the Daughters of Saint Paul, and uh, our mission is to really uh, bring about uh, a sense of hope and joy into the culture and pro proclaiming Christ uh, as the center of our lives. Really. Uh, into a culture that is permeated by media. So we create media, but we also teach about media and how it, how that we can integrate this in our lives in a healthy and conscious way. So we call it being media mindful. So uh, our ministry as Daughters of St. Paul is uh, involved with the area of Pauline Books and Media, which is publishing and uh, book and media distribution. So all different types of media, not only books, but many types of media. And also the Pauline Center for Media Studies, for which I am the director. And really from this center is where we teach a lot uh, of how to integrate media literacy education within the context of faith formation. And as I said, we call this being media mindful. 
And that's our approach really to everything. And I'm a film reviewer in Hollywood. So yes. I, I live out from, I live in LA. So I um, am always connected with people in the industry. And I write a lot of film reviews, but also blog articles on theology and pop culture. But uh, there's so many different interesting films out there now that are coming about reflecting on our experience of social media in particular sure. and what is it doing to us and how do we how do we evaluate it and be critical engagers of it true now i want to ask you there has been and surprisingly enough a very recent and when i say recent i mean late 90s, early, whatever that decade would be, aughts or whatever, whatever you'd call it, but very, very recent of film literature pertaining to mental health. And I don't know why it took so long for that to be a field of study, but it is, because I don't remember it being that big of a study in the 80s or 90s. It was, it was I think it was late 80s or late, late, late 80s, early 90s that it sort of t t came to fruition. But what you're talking about is more or less the bigger picture of it. it, it would that be correct? It's true. It's also, it, in, it's specifically in relation to our media experience and mental health. Uh, and so much is coming out about that. I mean, when you think about it, our social media uh, was only created social media was only created yeah. about you know 15 yeah. years ago really yeah. where it started becoming really popular and and we're looking backwards now and saying now okay that's cool you know it was really hip and cool to everyone to get their Facebook Twitter you know Instagram and you know Snapchat accounts and now yeah. what do we do with this now what yeah. is it doing to us yeah. and um and I think it's an opportunity for us to really reflect on that and, and think about it and teach this, especially to our, to parents, to teach to children and, and teens, especially um, because it's affecting so much more teens and young people and their mental health um, more than adults, but even adults, not, it doesn't exclude us <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, because I think everybody is suffering. And especially during a pandemic, it becomes even more so where this is where we're getting our information. This is where we're getting our news this is where we're getting our connection with people. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming because that's where we're connecting more. And, right. and yet how healthy is that only to be connected to a screen? Right. Um, no, you do, and and your your piece about this is on your website, which I believe is media dot pauline dot org. Sure, or, or it's also an easy way to get to it is bemediamindful.org. Oh, be, okay, that, that's another way to get to it. Okay. That would be oh. an easy way to access it. And yes, I did a review, especially of the film, uh, the social dilemma, but also other ones. And this film is problematic in some ways because it's, it's not a perfect film. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, every, every piece of media that we encounter and experience is constructed and it's constructed from a person's perspective with their own values and their own points of view. That's one of the principles of media literacy. And so we have to be conscious of that. So whoever's putting this and editing this film and creating this film, they have their own point of view on 
sometimes it seems like they're more inciting fear in a culture about social media, that it's really literally out to get us. And yes, in some ways that's true. They did create it. These are the creators of social media. These are the first people, the first executives of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, who are talking now and looking back and realizing, yes, what we did in creating these platforms uh, was really uh, finding ways to manipulate the users to spend more time on their platforms. And they use psychology, right? They use psychology principles, that whole idea of intermittent rewards that they would keep us on there longer well, yeah, what by was offering it? us rewards, right? Yeah, that, that, that term, the, the marshmallow effect, was that the one where it's you get one marshmallow now or you get two marshmallows later? Right. The, I mean, look, I mean, just look going through your Facebook feed, you know, yeah. you can, you can see you, you get more information and you're like, Oh, get, get more responses yeah. and you get more likes. So then you see who likes you and you want to find out more information about that. <laughs> it just feels never ending. Yeah. And it was created that way. And they are sharing with us that it's created purposely in, in my terms to addict yeah. us. Yeah. Now, but, but see, but they're also kind of through this film creating fear. And when the problem I have with the, the film is, the, is when it's talking about teens and tweens, especially who um, it affects their mental health, they, they become more easily addicted. They, um, you know, they, it's this whole idea of a Snapchat dysmorphia, right? Where they want to look like their altered selfie oh yeah yeah on you know on or their selfie filters mm -hmm. especially on snapchat um and it's a problem and it, and there has been some relations and studies even psychology studies where it's connected social media with uh teen suicides mm -hmm. there has been that but my problem with the film is that it made a direct correlation when it says there was a, a, I think his name is Tim Kendall. He's the former president of Pinterest and a Facebook executive. And he made the issue says, we, well, what we did was is now causing people to kill themselves. Yeah. So I have a problem with that. First of all, there's no direct cause and effect from media to action. Okay. Correct. It and one thing, correct. And one thing I did want to, to point out is that, Facebook and other media are providing a lifeline to many people who are dealing, with, particularly more so now with all the, the COVID and, and whatnot. It's providing a lifeline for those to get peer support. Sure. Where a lot of resources are not available. So, so it's true. There's some definite benefits to mm -hmm. social media. I am not a negative person because mm -hmm. I use it all the time. Yeah. I see, ben I see these as gifts. They are tremendous Definitely. gifts. I call them gifts from God because I'm a religious sister. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say these are all gifts from God, the technology yeah. to help human beings create these ways of communicating and, and ways of interacting. I think they're tremendous tools, but like anything, we can mess it up and we can abuse these gifts. Yes. And in some ways in this film, it's kind of showing that the creators were kind of misusing the gift yeah. by trying to manipulate us. Yeah. And we too, but we have the problem with this film mainly, and I want to share this, yeah. is that it eliminates the idea of free will. 
True. Human beings are free. We are, we have freedom to choose or not to choose freedom to continue to view our social feed or not to feed. Now, and that's what they eliminate in the film. And I, I, I have a real problem with that um, because it makes it sound like we're just robots that are just responding to, you know, uh, our computer sensei, you know, computer responses. So no, we're not robots, yeah. but they are very subtly uh, touching on our emotions to manipulate us. True. And it takes what I call media mindfulness to be aware of that. And, and that's, that's, some, that's tools that we need to learn. That's something we need to learn. It's not automatic, and especially in children, discernment skills and media mindfulness skills are not automatic. We have to learn them. They have True. to be taught. Sure. And uh, this is important for us. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we do from our media study center. We teach media mindfulness, which basically is about asking questions of the media, being critical mm-hmm. engagers and not just accepting everything that comes in front of us. Sure. Um, this is what I tell a lot of people when I go, yeah. I give a lot of talks and presentations and I say, you know, have you ever, you know, just like read a headline on one of your social media feeds and automatically shared it without looking at the rest of the article. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm raising my hand. Okay. I've done it. So I know, but when you read just a headline, of course, headlines are created to be sensationalized to catch our attention, but often the headlines don't really explain everything that's being communicated in the article or whether it's true or not true, or whether it's from a, some, you know, like misinformation or yeah. a, a purposely a created, uh, you could say satire, yeah. you know, article. And yeah, because, so you can, you can be yeah. fooled into just sharing it and thinking that that's what it is, but we don't, this is what creates, this is where it creates more problems and more misinformation right. instead of us being mindful. Uh, definitely. Um, now, one of the, the problems that I had with the film, and, and I feel much more vindicated saying that saying this to you than, than to the prior guest I had speaking about this film, is I did, it, it, it's being referred to as a documentary mm-hmm. in actuality because of the fictional scenes that are inserted, it now becomes a semi-documentary or faux documentary Mm -hmm. because it cuts from interview segment to interview segment to fictional, not quite dramatic recreation, but would be because... There was a movie a few years ago, the uh, the one with Shia, however you say his name, Shia LaBeouf, the one where, yeah, where where it's the eagle eye, I think it was, where you've got this this diabolical government NSA or whoever they were, mm-hmm. uh, spying on people, and I just am very skeptical. Call me a net, call me naive, but I'm skeptical that Facebook has for all their money you know, and, and Jeff Zuckerberg's 20 houses, mm-hmm. I'm skeptical that Facebook has empl- employees whose sole job it is to stand around and, and monitor individual users to see what they're, what they're, and that's the impression that it sends 
is well, that Facebook has these these employees who are manually monitoring Facebook users rather than letting their algorithms and AI do it, which I think it's both to tell you the you truth. You I think it's okay. both. Yes, I I think uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, they have a lot more censoring uh, abilities than they probably should within a democratic republic. And this sure. is part of the problem. Yeah. It's like they can make the choices of what shows and what doesn't show. And I could say that that has happened to me and I am, I, we have a small Facebook account with only like a couple thousand yeah. users and they have shut, they have uh, turned off one of our posts oh. and it was simple. It was a very, it, I mean, we're religious sisters, so we're going to show yeah. religion and faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was something about that. It wasn't anything controversial mm. yeah. and they shut it and uh, we complained and it came back on. But to say, like, I think they do have people who just don't like certain things and they turn them yeah. off. And okay. like, so, so, so you would say that there could be some grain of truth in, in those scenes where they're. No, I more, believe more there is. Okay. I mean, I think okay. there's grains of truth. That's why I think we have to be conscious that mm-hmm. I think there's some elements of truth in this, mm-hmm. in this show. Yeah. And I want to, re- and, and not to say that it's all bad. I think it's very informative mm-hmm. and I think they're trying to be informative. What I don't appreciate is the kind of fear mongering. It's making people paranoid and basically saying, get rid of your phone and throw everything out. Yeah, I yeah. don't think that's the <laughs> yeah. answer. Quite yeah. honestly, then we'll just pick up the next you know, uh, device or the next media and, and then, you know, get addicted to it. So I, I think the answer is more with us individually. How do we be conscious and mindful of everything we encounter? And that takes work because in this type of media environment that we're in, it's all about instantaneousness and that's what it's created to be. It's created to be instantaneous information, instantaneous um, sharing, instantaneous friending, everything. But that's hard in uh, our culture when we as human beings need to grow in awareness and self-awareness, first of all. And that's what's lacking in our culture. Quite honestly, that's my opinion. We're lacking total self-awareness. And media mindfulness helps us to literally to step back to stop, step back and really examine what is before us. Is it true? Is it not true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Is it, is it relevant? Is it even inspiring? Um, and we use this think acronym with people that we talk with, you know, yeah. think T-H-I-N-K. Yeah. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Um, that's really a way for us to examine what we're reading, what we're seeing, what we're examining, what we're interacting with and what we're creating because we're all creators of this media. So that was true, helpful, inspiring. Is it necessary? And is it kind? So think. I I like that. I I really like that. And then not only that, but I know that there there are undoubtedly maybe some people listening today who are not doing too well and it takes all their energies just to get out of bed and that's their one productive thing. Mm-hmm. And with what you're describing, that's something they can do if they're not feeling too well. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they're poking around on their phone and, and they come across something, this is something that can keep their mind engaged. Mm-hmm. And to say that, oh, just 
taking a shower today or getting out of bed today was not my one productive thing. I also did this today. So what you're describing is undoubtedly going to be a valuable tool for many people listening today. Yes. And on our Be Media Mindful website, mm-hmm. there is, if you search up media mindfulness, uh-huh. there is a whole like chart that helps us. It's like asking questions. How do you ask the questions of the media that we experience? And it's like, it's a tool that helps you to really reflect and go deeper, not just Mm -hmm. stay superficial, but go deeper. What is its values? What are the values that are being communicated? Not only what is superficially happening, but what is it trying to communicate? And are those values, my values, Mm -hmm. maybe they're not, you know, and, and, and then who's in, who's out, who's, Who's being supported? Who's not? Who's being ignored uh, in in this media experience? And it's really important to be reflective. And I I even promote also in you know there's intermittent fasting as far as dieting regards yeah, to yeah. food. Yeah. Well, I talk about intermittent fasting with regards to media, our media experience, yeah, yeah. and it really does help to say you know when it gets too much. There's just too much out there. And that does affect our mental health. When we are obsessively looking at our phone for hours without realizing it, you know what? Set a time for yourself and say, I am not going to look at my phone like at all in the morning until let's say 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. or whatever. We have to use sometimes our media for our our work and everything. So set times. So don't, in, and keep yourself away from it until those times come when you really need it for like work or school or whatever. Yeah. Um, try that, try intermittent fasting. Try, try saying after 9 p.m. I'm not on it or after, um, or when I'm at dinner with someone else, I do not even have my phone or I turn it off completely. You know, what can we do to, uh, to help ourselves not to get overwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. To not get wrapped up in the whole right. doom scrolling thing where right. it's consuming the... Right. And there's even a Bible verse. Uh, I, I, did, I did not come prepared, so I'm not sure which... But you, you may know which one it is uh-huh. about, about that which is holy and, and edifying focus on that. Yes, that's from St. Paul. The that, that's, that, okay, so you know the, the, yes. which verse I'm talking about then. Okay. Yes, in Corinthians. So. I think it's like, think upon these things, you know, that are that are good, that are holy, that are important, you know, but, uh, yeah. and it, it's really like, it's really talks about sanctifying the mind. True. And, and, and that's what we're talking about, even about media mindfulness. It's about mm-hmm. what do we feed our mind? Mm-hmm. And we have to be, this is about self-awareness. What do we choose to feed our minds with? And Mm -hmm. if we're just obsessing over all the, you know, the political issues that are going on in the world, Mm -hmm. I mean, it can just simply drag you down Mm -hmm. and, and with worry. And if you're looking at COVID numbers constantly on a screen, uh, you know, it it can literally make you, you know, kind of anxious so it's really about self-awareness and realizing what is it doing to me and then literally stay away. I mean, there was times in our history as human beings when yeah. we didn't have this. Yeah. We yeah. didn't have yeah. all this information flowing exactly. at us. Yeah. We can live without it. Believe it yeah. or not, even yeah. for 24 hours, we can live without yeah. our social media. Well, one thing that I was very happy to see in, in, your, um, in your review of Social Dilemma is you had made reference to a, a smaller movie not new, not too many people have heard of uh, yes. called Ingrid Goes West, 
Oh, Ingrid which, goes west. Yes. Which I, I I'm not going to lie. I am still conflicted about that movie because it's it's not the most comfortable viewing. No, nope, it, it's it, not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a quirky film, I think, from yeah. 2017, I yeah. believe. And it, it's really about a young woman who gets obsessed with her. She follows this uh, uh, a social influencer on Instagram. And so she literally goes uh, from, I think, the East Coast to Los Angeles to literally be near the social influencer yeah. that she's following. Yeah. And it, it's, it's funny. It's quirky. It's weird. And it's like obsessive. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a little scary, but at the same time, it's like, it's in an ironic way showing yeah. us what are we doing by following certain people and getting obsessed about what makeup they wear or don't wear or what, yeah. you know, song they're listening to or not who cares yeah, yeah. really who cares <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh don't you have enough things in your own life to think about and yeah. worry about but like we're, we're obsessing over other people so in yeah. a one way it's a quirky way of looking at that yeah. the other film that i would recommend even you know the social dilemma is good in some ways but yeah. i think there's another great film and especially for parents yes with children and teens I think the film screened out. It's a Canadian filmmaker made this um, and it came out last year, 2020, called Screened Out. And I think it's even much more pertinent because he's looking at it from the user's point of view. And the social dilemma looks at the creator's point of view, those who created the social media. Screened Out looks at a user, like a family. And he's saying, well, what is it doing to us as a family? And he starts to examine that and really reflect on it. And um, and he interviews different people. I mean, Sean Parker, the former president of Facebook, also mm-hmm. kind of reveals some things about, yeah. you know, like what Social Dilemma talks about, um, how they purposely wanted to give a dopamine hit. And so it yeah. creates content that really keeps us exploiting human beings behavior but um because that's but I one think- i i have heard of i've not seen it but now that's one that is a hundred percent documentary it's not yes, there's no really- yeah there, there's no dramatic recreations of anything but it is strictly a hundred percent documentary right and i think it addresses the issue of uh addiction better mm-hmm. and in a much more uh, holistic way because uh, it, it also re, it does reflect about the issue of free will um, you know and we can stop doing something that we find to be harmful um, so it, it does reflect it was something that social dilemma does not do it doesn't even mention free will but this one does but it helps us to look at the the layers of complexity that that social media has created um, and and I think it's something we can look at a little bit more. And it, it's really helpful because it's parents talking about the addiction of their children uh, to social. And we realize children, when adults can become addicted, think about children and teens more when their brains are not even fully developed. They don't have the capacity or the ability to discern when to get off and when not to go unless they have parents who help them, who do that for them. And help them to ask questions, help them to become media mindful, help them to be Uh critical engagers. 
It's not an automatic thing. We have to teach and discipline ourselves and our children. Definitely. And it's, um, and, and this is done me right now is, uh, isn't it interesting how every few years you have movies that come out at the same time that you have like usually two, like in this case, it was social, social dilemma and screened out. Uh, other times it could be yeah, like the, the two space, mo- space movies, um, right. deep impact. And there was that other one, same time. Right. With the year, you know, the Y2K disaster movies, same thing. You had those two. Right. Um, so, and same thing here. You had the, the two social media movies coming out roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps us to kind of, I, I think it's good because I think that shows that <laughs> as, a war, as human beings, we're realizing something's not right. Yeah. And so oh. now we got to talk about it. We got to share about it. Um, and we've got to get the information out. And like I said, I've had lots of parents um, ask these questions. What do I do? How do I do it? I said, you know, we have to, you have to set parameters for yourself and your family. You are the parent. You can make those choices for your children and your teens. And I would say one of the first things is no media in their rooms. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you have, when you're all alone with your own media is when it's easier to become addicted to it and, and to obsess over it. And parents, I'd say, put it out in the open. It has to be where everyone can see it. Um, You know, put computers out in the open area. Um, Even cell phones, you know, take away from them when it's past a certain time when they can use it. You know, you you have to set your parameters. Um, This is part of discipline. This is part of, of discernment. Yeah. And helping us to be examined. So it's not just about removing it, but helping to talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. It's important to talk about it with your teens and, you, and young people right. because they're going to struggle with mental health issues. And already society is a challenging, uh, you know, situation to be in. And kids, yeah. especially during a pandemic, this has been really difficult mm-hmm. for children um, to, to not interact with kids their age, but only to be connecting on a, on a screen, it's been so challenging. And so Definitely. it's really important to talk about it and share about it and, and communicate with their children about their media use. Definitely. And one of the things that really resonates with, with me with, with what you're saying, and I would imagine many people listening uh, today as well, is what you're describing is a very active stance as opposed to a, a passive uh, right. stance. Right. And I would bet money that one of the, the phrases that I, I would be surprised if you ever said this <laughs> is, um, and when, when I say this phrase, you'll know what, it, what exactly what I'm referring to. But fingernails on a chalkboard to me is hearing the phrase, is it on Netflix tonight? That I, 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 just, I just want to grab a, you know, I just want to duck for cover when people say that because <laughs> there's nothing more passive than saying, you know, it's never, oh, well, what movie can we seek out? You know, is there a movie, is there a movie theater open in, in our town that we can, you know, make a drive to see this movie? No, it, 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 it's never, oh, can we find a DVD of this movie? Is there a library branch open? We could, mm-hmm. No, it's never there. It's always, is this movie on Netflix? Yes. And I, I, whenever people say that, I just want to scream. I know. <laughs> because it, it's like, A, you've got 
a very limited, and I do mean limited for, for Netflix, um, a very limited uh, menu, for mm -hmm. lack of a better word, of selections, some of which come and go each, each month. Mm -hmm. And that menu is what people consume in their yeah. media. If there's a movie that's not on Netflix, they don't, they don't, it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's like the whole thing about movies that don't exist before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so the, when people say that, like I said, I, I, I get the impression that, that you've never said that phrase. I, I would be surprised if anybody at Pauline Center has ever said that <laughs> phrase. But that is, I, do, I just want to scream when people say that because mm -hmm. that right there, is it on Netflix tonight? Is something that contradicts the very notion of playing an active role mm -hmm. in the consumption of media. Mm -hmm. I mean, am, am I wrong in, in making that observation? Um, no, it's because even I, I even have a problem with you know when I said it's funny they're talking about algorithms on social yeah, media yeah. on so the social dilemma and they're oh. talking about how it's connecting you to the next thing and the next thing. So, you, well, and their platform that they chose to put this on is on Netflix, which then shows you the next things to watch. Exactly. So it's kind of yeah. contradictory in some ways, yeah. you know, right? But in this, in, in anything, I think this is where it requires us to be reflective um, and, and, and be conscious that this is what is happening to us. And you know why that whole idea of binging, binging Netflix series. I mean, that came about only because Netflix is showing things in the yeah, next thing. Yeah. Week, you know, yeah. right? That, that's just like, I mean, how many times did we binge on Everybody Loves Raymond? Well, mm -hmm. you could now because they have it on TV Land and you can watch it like yeah. for hours on end. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, really, that only came later. It's like so. Um, it really. Cause in, you know, for our own personal and mental health, we need to develop a process or a, a way for ourselves to be conscious and to be uh, critical engagers, but while also being critical engagers that we reflect on our own needs and concerns so that we are aware of what it's doing to us. So it's important to be aware that it is created to be addictive. Well, when we know that, now we can make that free will choice to say, I choose not to be binging on Netflix consistently. I will watch one episode and then I will watch another episode tomorrow night instead, yeah. you know, and well. I will get enough sleep so I don't feel exhausted <laughs> all during the next day, right? Exactly. Um, well, one thing I wanted to ask you is, is everything you're, all of what you're describing this, and, and I alluded to this earlier um, in the podcast is um, there has been, um, like I said, a, a, a growing body of literature, I'm not sure if that the right word or not, of movies and, and, and mental health and psychology and whatnot. Most of it has been academic in nature, not really written for the, you know, the general public. But the, we are getting to the point where there is more literature and more mm -hmm. books coming out where it is moving away from the academic into mm -hmm. you know, the general population. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's a good thing because it needs yeah. to come out in the open. We need to not be afraid of this mm -hmm. and we need not to be ashamed of it. Mm 
like so many people struggle with mental illnesses and you know i mean probably everyone we know uh, we probably everyone has someone that they know or a family member who does struggle with this and it can't be a social you know um um you know, it, it has to be accepted that this is a real issue and we exactly. need to be compassionate with one another that there are these struggles and, and to not be afraid to talk about it. Um, it's, it's hard because it's not visible to the eye, you know, necessarily as an illness. And we, we need to be sensitive to that and to be sensitive in our language, first of all, and how we talk about it and how we share about it. But I think now the reality of this with, with issues with social media and mental health, I think, especially the conversation is coming out and it's becoming more talked about and more real and more uh, of a concern to address and, and to be compassionate uh, yeah. regarding those who struggle with it. Definitely. And that, and that is so true. And I, I did want to, um, you know, mention that and, Specifically, I know that there are many people listening um, today who might feel like they've, you know, got the, got the weight of the world on their on their shoulders. And I just wanted, wanted to remind you, if if you're out there, you're you're, you're not alone. Um, you are definitely not not alone. Um, now th that said, I did I did want to mention um, as we wind down, I did want to mention um, a, a few uh, additional resources. Um, there is Mental Health America, which is mhanational.org. There's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. There's also madinamerica.com. And there's also a Pauline Center for Media Studies. Not, and I want to emphasize, not, not a mental health specific right. organization, but a lot of resources pertaining to media. And with what we've been talking about, how, how would people learn more about uh, Pauline Center for um, Media Studies? Well, you can go to our website. It's bemediamindful.org. That's bemediamindful.org. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different resources on there. Under resources, there's you know some online classes you could take about how to grow in media mindfulness, how to do the process for this, how to um, uh, just different topics on... on uh, on gaming, even on video games and violent video games and media mindfulness, as well as pop music, as well as TV shows, Netflix, whatever, all kinds of things uh, in regards to uh, living media mindful. Um, there's also movie guides. So like, if you want to pray with media, because I, I talk about, you know, because I'm a Catholic sister, I want to be yeah. praying with media. It's not it creates a whole different atmosphere when you pray with what you're watching. Oh, it, it, does. Things, you know, because it does. Because you're, you're, you're reflecting on it in a deeper way. It's not just a passive response. We're being active engagers. And that's really important, uh, something that we can do. Um, and like I said, we do film reviews. And so a lot of things are there uh, for current films, uh, films that have been popular in the culture. Uh, so... Not even not just religious films. We right. do have all everything. <laughs> and 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 you and you said the the, the key word there, active. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's you know a huge key word, uh, active, mm -hmm. because that's what we're talking about here. Just being an an active participant mm -hmm. in the media that that you're consuming, whether it is right. film, whether it's you know so. Uh, 
very happy that, that you mentioned that. Yes. Uh, that's a, that is is worth worth repeating. Um, but uh, but thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate it. You're very welcome, and thank you for having me. And thank you, those of you at home or at work or driving home from work or wherever you may be. Uh, stay safe, everyone, and um, talk to you next time. Uh, bye.